Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Jessie Too. And I'm Helen Stebbeck. And you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under. I'm okay. Hopefully it's just a cold. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm waiting for the flu of the the fever to come into my body and then I'll panic about whether or not I have the virus. Uh-huh. Yeah. How was your week? Uh my week's been starting to get quite boring actually. I mean the kids are back to school but I like as you know that because all my voluntary work have stopped. Um, since March, so I'm pretty much just stuck at home uh, with the dog. Reading, yeah, reading, doing a lot of reading, but it doesn't yeah. really go in through my head. Like I read it and I just evaporate. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. And I just I feel like I'm just like killing the time mm-hmm. and thinking what is this, you know, how how the pandemic will go. Seems like it's quite serious in Victoria. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Anyway, um, random, so culture-wise. Yeah, random things this week. I couldn't get to sleep last night because of my awful throat. <laughs> and so I decided to watch the last few episodes of Fleabag, the second season, um, which is like a massive, like I'm very, very, very late to the party. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge that. But um, it was so good. Like I remember having spent years of people telling me, you got to watch Fleabag, you got to watch Fleabag, you know, and seeing Phoebe Bridges Waller, whatever her name is, um, being like lauded with heaps and heaps of uh, awards. But I'm someone who, the reason I'm late to the party or don't attend the party, so to speak, at all, is because I often deflect, like physically almost deflect away from what's popular in culture because I always feel like, popular culture just doesn't mm. resonate with me and i also just am not someone who who like if if you're mm-hmm. if you if i get you to think of it visually if there is a crowd in front of me and they're all looking at something i always am someone who just is not compelled to look at what someone else is looking at because i feel like mm. i don't care about mm. what other people are looking at like i want i always notice the things that other people don't notice and so yeah. anyway uh, yeah, um, I think you and I were more interesting Same. people. Like we don't follow the crowd or the trend. Um, I think that's the fact. Yeah, because sometimes you wonder whether or not that you want to watch it is because that you're following the crowd mm. or you really want to get to know. Because you see, the mainstream media are most likely like it hasn't been changed. You know. You don't see mm. um, culturally diverse mm. programs become mainstream media. It's yeah. still very yeah, white exactly. and heterosexual dominated, I feel. Why would I look at something that doesn't reflect who I am? Who d- that doesn't somehow yeah. advance my the density of who I am as a person, you know? 
like cerebrally speaking mm-hmm. but anyway fleabag um yeah if you have a chance you should mm-hmm. watch it there's only two seasons i believe um six episodes each and it's about this woman in her early 30s basically using sex as a way to um absolve her grief and i won't tell you the twist okay. but like oh my god hell when i watched this i was like shit mm-hmm. there are so many correlations with my book like here's a young woman who like uses sex <laughs> oh, and also really? there's a character in there um a young boy who <clears throat> plays bassoon and in my novel, I make fun of the bassoon as well. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh-huh. I was like, shit. Uh-huh. It's just, it's 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 kind of like I can see people might think, oh, my God, Jesse, like, just kind of took things from Fleabag. But I literally just watched it yesterday or the last week. So, uh-huh. anyway. Uh-huh. You just want to clarify in case people are coming out. Yeah, just clarify. <laughs> I wasn't copying anyone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, it's very funny and it made me stop. Okay. As well, it's very very what, sad. What uh, streaming channel was it on? Was it on Amazon Prime? Okay, yeah, we've got that. Great. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, what about you? I want to talk about Johnson and Johnson's news of their um, removing and stop selling the whitening products. Mm. Yeah, so I could. So can you tell? It, can you tell mm. listeners before you go into the like? Tell us, give us a broad survey of whitening products in Asia. The prevalence of them. Oh, but I haven't been to Asia for a very long time. But to my knowledge, is very, very prevalent. Like this is probably 10, 20 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. when I was still in Asia. But I feel like it's it's been a very, it's a very, it's a product that most, I believe most Asian women who grew up in Asia will have used before. Right, regardless. I yeah, see? Regard yeah, I did as well. Re- and your your face is already like fucking pale as fuck. Regardless of your original skin tone, that it's um kind of like the number one selling I'll say that it's probably like the number one selling products product well, lines in Asia. in Asia. Like even for men? I don't know about men. I can't speak for yeah, them. Yeah, I don't know either. But the reason being that, um, would would you would you say that it is very socially constructed, being white? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I believe so. What's white supremacy? Yeah. So I came across with the piece from New York Times. Johnson and Johnson expressed that it had decided they have decided to stop selling the uh, skin whitening cream, which is popular in Asia and Middle East, mm. uh, with. This is their quote, mm. renewed social pressure in recent weeks amid a uh, um, global debate about racial in- inequality. So in particular, the products will be stopped selling. Mm. Uh, the products that will be stopped selling are um, Clean and Clear Fairness and Neutrogena Fine Fairness Lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it so interesting that it had only mentioned that they only they stopped selling, but they didn't say that it stopped producing. I feel I, like I feel like whether or not that they they have intention to ca- catch up with this you know BLM movement, and you know being performative about the whole movement. Oh, you you so you're saying that this this embargo is temporary. I feel like yeah, that's what you think, and I feel like they will probably um, rebrand. Or rename the products. How are they gonna rebrand it? I don't know. They'll find. I don't. <sighs> there will be someone who from the marketing department. You know. Huh. 
Anyway, so there, here's another quote、uh, saying that the conversations over the past few weeks highlighted that some product, product names or claims on our dark spot reducer spot products yeah. Yeah. represent fairness or white as better than your own unique skin tone. Yeah. Yeah. This was never our intention. From that quote, like it indicates that the name. That's how I feel. Like maybe they have taken the opportunity to jump on the wagon to make yourself look good. I don't know. It feels like it's a very corporation strategy. Yeah, it's profit driven.、Uh, As a lot of yeah, it's profit driven corporations across the world. Yeah, around the world in the last few weeks have jumped on board. Yeah, it's fashionable. Yeah, and I found the discussion on some of social media platform fascinating、mm. of how individuals look at this piece of news. Yeah, you know, many had expressed that it's like political correctness gone crazy. Yeah. Um. The people who are on this argument say, "Oh, it is up to the individuals to identify their standard of beauty.、Uh-huh. Um, don't、yep. tell us how we define our own beauty and what type of color skin、uh-huh. that I want to have."、Uh-huh. So I, I'm pointing out this group is probably they're upset about because you know these products are stopped selling,、mm. and but the reality is that many, I guess, many don't see that what defines the standard of beauty. You know, and the power of hierarchy. You、mm-hmm. know, the pyramid.、Mm-hmm. Like what you see in the media and the entertainment has con- pro- most likely has constructed how you define beauty. Yeah, Hollywood, white skin. Yeah, in yeah, that's right. You know, even how just thinking, even from our what we recently watched, never、mm. have I ever. Yeah. You know how that Camilla's、uh, arranged marriage, the Indian guy. Oh. Like、yeah. when he first appeared on the screen, I like. Yeah. Why is he so white? Ah,、uh, he's very light skinned Indian. Yeah, he's very light light skinned Indian. I mean,、yeah. there's no, there are light skinned Indians. Yeah, Anglo Indians. But, I, I wonder what made them choose having a lighter skin, Indian to represent. But also, you could say that the same with the character of Devi. Yeah, you know, Devi, the main character. Devi was. Devi was. Darker r- than really? Oh, okay. I feel like she's darker than her cousin. Right, but she's still like Mindy Kaling is still darker. You know,、mm-hmm. like in Asia, whiteness is whiteness creams and all that. I think if you don't live in Asia, you don't actually know this, but because in Australia, tanning products are the thing, and to be tanned、mm-hmm. is what is deemed beautiful and healthy. But in Asia, the whiter you are. The more beautiful you are, yeah, it's considered to so, be like、yeah. pure and gentle. Yeah, 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 feminine, clean, all that shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, but on the other hand, I'm happy to see there are people who are supporting, you know, um, this movement in the sense saying that oh, Johnson and Johnson is doing well. You know, in the sense of supporting BLM. You know what I'm thinking?、Mm. I'm con- I'm wondering: Do these products actually work? That's the thing.、Like、do they yeah, actually change the how... tone of your skin? I don't、Because、know how they work. If it's just if you're only putting it on your face, and if it really, truly, truly works effectively, then you're not only going to use it on your face, right? Because then you'd have different skin tones on your face、mm-hmm. apart、uh, with against the other parts of your body, which would just look weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and also like it's making me think like our mother and me. I used to use the dark spot corrector,、mm-hmm. so because I have little freckles on my face,、mm-hmm. and I used to use them in an attempt to get like lighten my freckles on my face.、Mm-hmm. And so like 
is that's also on the spectrum, mm. don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it is on the spectrum. Like, how far so, like, would where you, do you go? Draw the yeah, line? where you draw the line? Yeah, like I think it's. I feel like it's more like a corporation tactics because, you know, let's not forget that Johnson and Johnson went through extreme disputed case last two years about their baby powder. Oh. So there were two. I think it was like twenty-two women claimed that their product had caused them ovarian cancer and the settlement was like more than $4.7 billion or something like that. I don't know about this in China. No, this is in US. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it feels like it's like a corporate movement to me. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, before we launch into our interesting subject matter of Dyson Hayden and other bad male judges, um, I wanted to mention (laughs) what you said at the end of that comment. So I, um, I was cooking risotto... I told you through about this on Twitter and you responded. And I was listening through Autumn, an app that reads out feature articles from the New Yorker, New York Times. Oh, cool. I need to get that. The Cut, etc. Mm. Yeah, it's only mm-hmm. $10 a month and it's so good. And I was listening to a man read out Hilton Ailes' piece about his past growing up and how when he was a 14-year-old boy, there was a y- young boy in his neighbourhood who was shot by a white policeman and how that incident really mm-hmm. played out in his mind throughout his years as a gay black man. He's now in his 50s, I think, or 40s. Mm-hmm. And it is mm-hmm. there's, there's something about personal mm-hmm. feature pieces where the power and the soul of the writer really comes across when it's being read aloud by an actor. Mm-hmm. So something you should know about the Autumn app is that it's read aloud by professional actors mm-hmm. and it makes such a big difference. Mm-hmm. You, you like listen to a, re- a, a writer read out their, their, you know when writers sometimes read out their own work? Mm-hmm. You, you listen to the writer and then you listen to an um a, a, an actual professional read it. It is like... yeah. It is like gold versus dirt. It is so mm-hmm. much better. Yeah. Different. So anyway, it the, the piece <laughs> reminded me of what you said because yeah. he was saying a lot of corporations now, it's fashionable, these things, like they come and go. Like he has spent his life seeing black lives being destroyed by white policemen and it comes mm-hmm. in waves. And he's just like, he's saying these this thing with George Floyd, like it has an expiry date and this is just going to go away and mm-hmm. all these corporations are just... Are just capitalizing on BOM and it's just fashionable mm, and mm. and then he and at the end of the article he talks about the ways in which he has experienced racism as a writer in New York yeah and it's just this, this long Gosh. fucking list and it's so fucking devastating like you you have to read mm. it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like this kind of movement continuously is good but like what you're saying that you know eventually it comes into a wave and dies down mm-hmm. um like i feel like there's so much i want to call it performative you know a lot of performative posts that's on social media i've seen recently saying um you know people saying that oh i'm white i'm privileged and finally i get to know about this you know i feel woke you know or thanks to my black friend thanks to my I don't know, a partner who's, mm. you know, POC. And apart from doing that, what else are you doing? You know, I, I'm not saying that they're not doing enough, but yeah. have you ever thought about actually reading literacy that's written, written or the works that's done by people of colour? Exactly. Have you actually 
um, going to and spoke with people sharing their experience? Or are you just, you know, I don't know. I feel exhausted sometimes reading all this post just saying that, yeah, I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm sharing stuff and I'm feeling woke. I, I'm going to attend the protest. Yeah. But on the other hand, like me saying about this, they will turn around and saying that, okay, so you don't want allies. Is that why? Like it feels exhausting. Mm, Yeah. yeah. Like you can't do anything right. You can't do anything right. Yeah. It's like, okay, fine. Everyone Everyone knows about what happened with George Floyd. You know, everyone's talking about Black Lives Matter. But what else are you doing? Are you looking... Like, like I said, seriously, I like if you go out and ask anyone, have they read anything that's written by by a, a black person? Yeah, exactly. Black person, yeah. Seriously, they'll probably say you're so yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. <sighs> yeah, that's why I feel <laughs> exhausted. Yeah, I don't okay. know. So this exhaustion is going to keep um trading along <laughs> in the next yeah. twenty five minutes or thirty minutes as we talk about. Male judges and the bad behavior they can, yeah. that uh, this country apparently condones. Not just this country, you know, Everywhere. in every country, there's a legislated, socialized, ingrained structure of abuse from powerful men in the legal system mm-hmm. towards vulnerable young people. So, what we're talking about, of course, here is Dyson Hayden. Yeah. And on Monday, it was revealed by two Sydney Morning Herald journalists that um, in the last few years, an investigation was conducted but on uh, Dyson Hayden, who was a, a high court mm-hmm. judge for about just over 10 years. Um, he, he stepped down seven years ago because in Australia, we have the law that once a judge in the high court reaches 70 years old, he must step down. So in the US, that is not the case. So um, Helen, do you want to tell us a bit more about exactly what had mm-hmm. been uncovered by this investigation of Dyson Hayden. Yeah, so the new, the background of the news is that um, Hayden has been accused of serial sexual harassment and predation against multiple women. And this woman including a judge who claims that he indecently assaulted her. And the woman that claimed Hayden's status as one of the most powerful men in the country that protected him from being holding account for his actions. Mm. Currently, the inquiry was prompted by the two of the judges' former associate. Um, they have notified the Chief Justice, Susan Kiefel, in March 2019 yep. mm-hmm. that they have been sexually harassed by Mr. Hayden. The two women's lawyer had said the investigation mm-hmm. had unveiled a pattern of predatory behavior and sexual harassment over many years by Mr. Hayden towards young female associate that he employed, which highlighted a gap in both what you said before, Jesse, that um, addressing judicial misconduct and protecting the employees from that misconduct. Mm. So apparently hundreds in the industry had known about Mr. Hayden's behaviour. Are you surprised? Uh, no. Who, who, who is surprised, mm-hmm. right? What, mm. I, what makes me angry is that it ha- happened for so long. I think and, and, and like only now that he's towards the years where he might mm-hmm. more likely die like, you know, the, towards the end of the life. Like, I'm thinking about James Levine and how um, he is also now in his late 70s. And mm-hmm. it's like, why are these men still being allowed to have elongated, successful careers? And only at the end of them do we say, hey, you did fucked up shit. Like, why can't mm-hmm. we call them out, 
while these things happen and and i know the answer to my own question is because Mm. they're so powerful because (laughs) the law is structured in a way in which um Mm -hmm. the systems of hierarchy Mm -hmm. are so fucking set in stone that it's very Mm -hmm. the there are not many iterations of if you like if you don't comply by their rules Mm -hmm. as a young person you really don't have any power if you want to be seen as a serious person you fucking shut up and you don't say anything that makes you uncomfortable and you just follow mm-hmm. the rules that have been set out by people before you and people in the law in the high positions are, have always been men and they continue to be men so i'm really disgusted yeah you know what i think of the case that mm. it's only been coming out you know um with the Chief Justice Susan Kiefer, she said that the fi- findings were extreme concern to her in the courts. Mm-hmm. You know, and the court and herself have made sincere apologies to the six women whose complaint were borne out. I-, I feel like, gosh, why, why, why do you... Sh- okay, number one, there are more than six. Yeah, there are more than six, of course, but it's like on the table now is yeah. six uh-huh. pursuing the, I think, legal actions. Yeah. Um, I just feel like so th- there's a couple articles mentioned that Chief Justice um, Susan Kiefer that she apologized them in person. Like, why? Like, I know that there's a formality of it, but I don't see if it's a male Chief Justice would do so. I feel like it's always in the society, it's always a woman that who's doing the apologizing for a bad man's behavior. I know, fuck. And this is coming out in media is because. You know, she's the first chief justice. A woman. First, first woman. Sorry, yeah. first female. Yeah. 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 And I, I wonder whether or not because that finally someone who those victims can relate to, they feel like, okay, it's the right time. I feel like if this goes to her, no one would stop me. Because if you're talking about things that have happened, you know, over 10, 20, 10 or 15 years ago, I think, you know, what, and all the institutions had known this kind of behavior and no one had really gone mm. beyond and above to tackle the issue. Mm. So, you know, the whole system mm. is very corrupt. And now, you know, you finally have a female chief justice to talk about this predatorial behavior. Do you know what? I think, I honestly, honestly think that if Susan Kiefel was... Bob Kiefel, that this probably would be silenced. I honestly mm. really, really yeah. think that if she, it wasn't a her at the chief justice position, this thing would probably be kept like away from, like it would just be not yeah. exposed because powerful men protect other powerful men. Yeah. She was only appointed in 2017. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's almost mm. three years ago. So three years ago, and one of the um, associate that she presented her case was um, uh, what happened to her was in 2015. So I'm guessing that it was in those two to three years before that she approached, you know, Chief Justice Susan Kiefel. She probably had tried to speak to other other superiors in the system, but possibly had been knocked back mm. and not been looked into. Mm. Mm. And you know what? Just, I just this morning, mm. I, I uh, checked out the Sydney Morning Herald. There's another new allegation from another woman uh, back in 2014. This is in yeah. 
Oxford University. So this goes back yeah. to when Hayden was teaching in Oxford. Yeah. That um, there's a um, there the 27 year old uh-huh. Western Australian Elizabeth Horton that she was in her second year of Oxford studying yeah. masters. She said that Hayden had behaved inappropriately to her. And she had been singled out in like a, I don't know, tutorial lectures because among like 14 or 15, Mm. she was the only female. So he singled her out, asked her to lunch and touched her inappropriately. And he was stalking her and just making excuses to, you know, approach her. And she had Mm -hmm. spoken to another male friend about this. And the male friend came out and saying that, yeah, those are true. and. Apparently, uh, like he he's notorious, like amongst the students, you know, knows that he had these mm-hmm. behaviors, and the school knows as well. You know, the university know they stopped um his teaching position, but never exposed him, like never they never go into and asking why they just stopped. They said, "Oh, well, we don't need you anymore." I feel like, mm. um. A lot of stories mm. like this, yeah. when someone who's in, for example, a teaching position that had been found to such um, like behavior, a lot of schools would just say that, okay, just go under the table and they yeah. will just let you go and don't yeah, tell the media and things of like course, that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. They ha- it's in the best interest of these institutions to keep it quiet. So yeah. you understand oh. why they do what they do. Like I'm not condoning mm. it at all. I'm just saying, from a from their perspective, I understand why they do that. Mm. Um, but this uh, this sort of pattern of women being unable to hold these criminal behaviors to account is is like they're just trapped. Like young women are just trapped in these systems yeah. of not being able mm-hmm. to call something out when something happens to them um and and like it just kind Mm -hmm. of it doesn't break my heart it makes me very angry because the only way that things are going to change is if these men like these older men um are taken off these positions of power Mm -hmm. i was going to say when they die off but that would mean that i have no hope for Mm -hmm. them changing and i actually don't but when when I'm hearing you say that mm-hmm. you know Dyson mm-hmm. Hayden had been stalking and forcibly touching these women, it just kind of re- makes me think of a lot of the movies from the mid century have this kind of prototype of masculinity where it's kind of deemed romantic, where the male lead stalks the woman or like he you know follows mm-hmm. her around or mm-hmm. like kind of put like thrusts physically thrusts his body onto mm-hmm. her you know those movies where a guy just grabs a woman and kisses her and then you have like the swelling music of romance you know mm-hmm. that's like physical sexual assault but like i've grown up mm-hmm. watching those movies thinking oh that's romantic mm-hmm. you know and these men yeah these men were inculcated yeah, in that so ideology of behavior yeah they think that's romantic thinking's okay so i get why dyson mm-hmm. hate is a fucking predator because mm-hmm. he grew up with movies from hollywood that taught men to be like that mm-hmm. he hasn't progressed with the society <laughs> yeah because he doesn't need to <laughs> yeah right? he doesn't need to when he's in that yeah. position yeah like um i was looking up to about his background and i'll just oh, i don't know God, yeah eye roll so he went to shaw <laughs> yeah. which just for me says it all like it says it all Shaw. so Shaw, for those mm-hmm. who don't know um this is 
this is my little rant about <laughs> white private school boys. So mm-hmm. Shore is um, one of the most expensive schools in Sydney for boys. And I personally have a thing against people who, men, white men who have gone to these schools because mm-hmm. you grow up inculcated in a very, very, very um, strict sort of ideology that you are the king. The, mm. you, you, you are taught from a very young age that you're the centre of the world and you, your power is gained through the lack of you empathising with someone else, mm-hmm. which is what I really, really hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, I've never taught at Shaw, but I taught at St Ignatius College, which is where yeah, 15% of the Supreme Court judges in New South Wales attended. Now, mm-hmm. that's very telling. Or someone who is a politician. Yeah, politicians go there as well, mm-hmm. yeah. See, like, the, the, like, I'm not saying, obviously I'm not saying that every single white male, straight white male who went to a all-boys private school in Sydney is a jerk. I'm saying that most men in power, like Dyson, who are jerks, went to rich white private schools in mm-hmm. Sydney. Like, there's something about the pedigree, the system in which these white private schools churn out these types of men mm-hmm, who really mm-hmm. just, like... And, and these young men are, mm-hmm. grow up for, like, 12 years yeah, surrounded by be. jocks. And um, they're surrounded by an environment where they're not frequently with women. And then they go to law school where they're surrounded by men just like them. And then they go into law firms where they're surrounded by men just like them. And then they become people like Dyson Hayden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he's. Ex- I think he's someone who is rather questionable for his perspectives and behaviors. You know, he's. Uh, what do I have here? The notes I've got. Um, apart that he was going through the case about you know the marriage marital mm. rape, that he say that it's not a crime because it was predated to the by the law. Okay, so tell us a bit about this. So there was a case. Um, I don't actually have it here with me, but from what I remember is that there was a case back in the 2010s, um, a woman who was suing her husband back in the 60s of Mm -hmm. raping her during the marriage. Mm -hmm. And Hayden's, um, he made a comment saying that, oh, he should not be charged because um, rape as a crime in marital status was not a crime back in the 60s. I think it only came to the the establishment of that criminal crime was only um, become legislated. legislated in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's his words. Yeah, and so he, he's someone um, who is like, He's he he thinks the way that a lot of the barristers and the men in legal professions I've met think, mm. and they are like, I am logical, I am reasonable, I am just following the law. Mm. But the thing is, the law is fucking sexist. Yeah, it is. The whole like, system is very sexist. Yes, yeah, I know, and they don't see that because they're men, mm-hmm. so they yeah. don't think it's sexist. It, because they still hold a power. Yeah, they made the fucking rules. So there's also there there's also a very controversy news back in the um. 2015 so he was after that he was retired from the judge that he was appointed I think was by Tony Abbott someone who I really hate I think everyone knows um, to head the controversial Royal Commission into Trade Unions Governance and Corruption in 2014 and during that time Mm -hmm. uh, he was 
Invited to attend one of the Liberal Party's fundraiser event. I remember this. This was massively blown up. And yeah. so, of course, the Labour. It was so yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. And Labour Party, the union unions came out and said, that, oh, how can you have a... That's not yeah, partial. Yeah. You're a judge. You're you a commissioner. You yeah. shouldn't be biased. And, you know, his defense yeah, yeah. was that. Oh, because I don't read emails. I'm incapable of using emails. Yeah. I know. I remember oh. that. That was such a massive thing in the media when that yeah. happened. It was so big. Like, I, I um, can't understand. Impartial bi- I, bias, yeah. impartiality of judge. I can't oh, understand. Such a big When deal. you're working in such profession and the argument that you have for this kind of, um, I don't know, accused is uh, accusation is that I don't know how to use emails. Everything is printed out for me. So maybe I didn't take, I overlooked. <laughs> Do you know what? Number one, number one, um, that is a lack of imagination on Dyson Hayden's mm-hmm. part. Um, I, I have to say that, and one of my great friends has helped me believe in this, that we as a society hold way too much reverence for judges and legal minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not that no. smart, okay? They're just people who we just have given a lot of power yeah. to, okay? Like a mm-hmm. lot of artists are smarter than them. Just because they make half a million dollars doesn't yeah. mean that they mm-hmm. are smart, okay? And number two, um, I actually believe that. <laughs> like I Because of his age? Um, when I worked, yeah, yeah. When I worked with a lawyer a few years ago, he was like, I don't know, he wasn't young. Um, he printed everything out. No. He got his secretary to print mm-hmm. everything out. So I actually <laughs> believe that. <laughs> But no, that's not a good no, excuse. No, that's not a good excuse because um, the invitation is have a huge you know, logo of Liberal, Par- Liberal Party on it and you're saying that, oh, I didn't know, I yeah. overlooked. You know, it's just a very poor excuse. Yeah. I want to say, just going back to Dyson Hayden's sexual abuse, I read in an article that um, private yeah. whispers and warnings from young women about a pattern of abuse had been circulated for years. And that, that, that phrase, private whispers, made me think about mm-hmm. the time I taught at, which is also another private school, very wealthy private school in Sydney. There was this one time I taught there a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. I taught in the junior school and in the morning on the first day, I was taken mm-hmm. around the staff room area by the deputy principal and she took me around the staff kitchen and then as she was walking out, she said, just... Mm-hmm heads up the, the our teachers and they're all men like young men in their 30s they're mm-hmm. teachers of primary school age kids she said just a heads up our teachers can they can be boys sometimes they can be boys and i just thought <laughs> you, what do you mean <laughs> i just thought you yeah exactly uh-huh. what she means is they're fucking uh-huh. assholes uh-huh. and sexist probably and they were just a very particular type of men who making sexist remarks you know think it's like, a joke yeah, and, and thought it was okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. those kind of men, you know. And so when a woman apologizes for that kind of behavior, I was just like, you're basically saying this is a very unsafe space for anyone who isn't white, who isn't um, mm-hmm. straight, who isn't wealthy, yeah. who isn't a man, mm-hmm. uh, male, you know. She's a poly- like when she, when the, when she's, <sighs> yeah. And also I feel like she's not calling it out. Like she's letting it go. She's like, yeah. it's okay she's to a, have yeah, that exactly. kind of. Yeah, exactly. She's saying... She's actually saying that's okay, that boys will be boys. And these are fucking grown men, Mm -hmm. mind you, you know. Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, I also wanted to mention, um, so this sort of 
sexual abuse of judges on um, towards young associates. Mm. I remember a few years ago when I went to Brie Lee's launch of her memoir, Eggshell Skull. Oh, yeah, that's right. She mm. had made this extraordinarily enlightening uh, statement. So mm. basically, um, Brie Lee is a uh, extraordinarily talented young writer um, living in Sydney now, and she wrote um, a memoir a few years ago about sexual being sexually assaulted by her um, one of her brother's friends when she was a little kid and she, so Brie was a law school graduate and then she went and became a clerk like a tippy a judge's associate in the Queensland Supreme Court and she said and I think I paid attention to Brie's career because I when I went mm-hmm. through law I also really wanted to become a judge's associate because it's such mm-hmm. a prestigious role to have mm-hmm. as a young person mm-hmm. and she said that night that um often judges associates the best ones are women and often i think the numbers i'm not actually sure about the numbers in australia but from what i saw that i think there are more female and they're male someone can correct me about that but brie said that in her opinion women are actually better at doing that job because there's something about a woman where she knows, like basically if you don't know, a judge's associate is like a glorified secretary to a judge. And so you like sit in the courtroom, you take notes, you help file um, the judge's, you know, schedule, Mm -hmm. like you do all the administrative work for the judge. And she said that um, in her opinion, women are better at that because women are very good at Mm -hmm. anticipating what needs to be Mm -hmm, done. mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I was like, I was there in the crowd just nodding like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because we've been given, I feel like we've been given the labor load from very, very little to know. I feel like as a woman, okay, and girls as well, we've been given, we've been taught. Yeah, instructions at a very young age. Yeah, instructions at a very young age to take up the mental load of thinking ahead, as in, Oh, yeah, what, what exactly. do they need? Like, oh, what's the man? What yeah. does the ma- this man need that you have to prepare for him? Yeah, we're yeah. the provider. Like, yeah. But you'll never get the title of the head of the household. You're only like a support. You'll always be the support because, yeah, you know that's how the so the society have constructed you as a support of a household or a company. That's why you see the secretary, mm. this kind of position, had always been mostly woman. Even with the yeah. judge's um, associate, I'm sure that they have a lot more work than, you know, say a, a secretary of other type of positions. Because yeah, you have totally, to understand totally. the whole thing about the structure of the, you know, regulations, the law and things like that, policies, etc. And you have to... Mm. Mm. perhaps know where what what's i don't know what's the like little things that you need to do as a secretary i don't know like his 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 yeah. or her favorite beverage or where the yeah, judge prefers like to have yeah. lunch at you know those kind of thing yeah who's called <sighs> phone calls to deflect yeah yeah something like that and also you know um in saying that um there's a very uh, the the power dynamic is very clear. It's yeah, like exactly. the associate is on like the name associate sounds nice and poshy, but yeah, you're there to yeah. serve someone. 
exactly. Yeah, you're not yeah. there to make decisions. You're there to serve someone. Yeah. So the power dynamics and the imbalance is very, very clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so gendered. Like yeah. the role of the secretary is so over, like monumentally gendered. So we're also mm, underpaid as well, of course. And underpaid. So we'll be talking about some other cases in regarding to sexual predators. Yeah, in so, <laughs> in, yeah, in the in the states. But before we move on to the states, I just wanted to also add that from uh, the internal inquiry made by um, these. Um, the Susan Kiefer, mm-hmm. they have um, the uh, the Australian Law Association has come out with a number of measures mm-hmm. to try and improve uh, yep. things, mm-hmm. I guess. Recommendations, and, like your recommendations, and like they've su- re- recommended, suggested r- changes in reporting mechanisms, mm-hmm. changes in HR policy, and there's a list of things. And I was reading them, and I was thinking, none of this is going to address the root cause of the problem. And the root cause of this problem are the men is patriarchy. Yeah. Is like the way these men are brought up. It's mm-hmm. culture. It's yeah. cultural. Yeah. So like, why isn't anyone talking about that? Yeah. You know, it's like, there will be, I think it will be very hard to like, just change it overnight. That's why yeah, recommendations yeah. are there. I mean, it's a step forward, but yeah. it also feels like two step backwards because you're not addressing the actual problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And is it like, I wonder if any recommendation include the removal or evaluation of those privileged white males. Mm, mm. Yeah. So obviously we can't talk about white straight male judges and their bad behaviour and not talk about Brett Kavanaugh, <laughs> who I was really obsessed with um, in the last couple of years because it was just such a blatant demonstration of the kind of injustice that makes mm-hmm. me really really angry mm-hmm. and i felt bad because i was so angry at his wife as well who sat by him when he was doing those pathetic interviews mm-hmm. and i didn't like the fact that i was hating on her because she's a fellow woman but um i mean i didn't i didn't expel too much energy on hating her mostly obviously mostly my hatred and anger Mm -hmm. was directed towards Brett Kavanaugh which I feel like most people would know about if you don't um basically he was accused by Christine Blasey Ford 2018 I believe um before he was appointed to the Supreme Court the highest court in the U.S. she had accused him of um having sexually assaulted her when they were teenagers 16 17 and he just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Em- categorically denies all those allegations. And I read two books mm-hmm. that were really, really eye-opening in regards to the story. I'd say that the one written by Megan Tui and Jody Antor, they were the really good, I would say that was the better book. So that's the book called She Said. And it's basically about the Me Too movement and how they had reported mm-hmm. on the Harvey Weinstein case. Um, but the other book that was really mm-hmm. popular came out last year. It's called Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. An Education. That was written by Robin Paul Green and Kate Kelly. Um, I couldn't actually finish that book. I read maybe two, three, three quarters mm-hmm. of the way in and I stopped because I didn't, I didn't like the language of it. But um, it was kind of too dry. Okay. Well, just but briefly. Basically it was just like giving an mm-hmm. overview of Brett Kavanaugh and his life. 
and the privilege and the wealth that he came from, his pedigree. And then also... Is that it? So there's no opinions about his actions and... No, no, yeah, there were, there were. Um, but I just found it not very satisfying. I, I mm. actually don't remember much of it, um, which I guess mm. says a lot. Brett Kavanaugh is some. It's just such a blatant example of, I think, every day these injustices committed by these white men who end up getting away with it because the world the world operates in the way in which on their terms yeah on their terms and mm. the world also is controlled by a few men at the top who control these strings and they let mm-hmm. men like Brett yeah. Kavanaugh get away with it you know yeah yeah do you you have another example didn't you you just want to yeah so um Talk about that one. Yeah. Sure. So Alex Kaczynski is also another famous case in the US. So he was, he is a a Romanian born American judge on the US Supreme Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. And he was on there between 1985 to 2017. So a very long time. And he Mm -hmm. was big. Like he was very prominent, influential judge. Mm -hmm. Many of his law clerks and associates went on to clerk for the US Supreme Court. Um, and in 2017, at least 15 women, including former law clerks, accused Kaczynski of groping them and showing them pornography and making off-colour comments um, in mm. professional contexts. And shortly after, Kaczynski retired. Mm. Like, I guess it's just a similar atrocious behaviour that we've seen um, across, you know, cases like Dyson Hayden and... And um, Brett Kavanaugh and also this other man who you said, mentioned earlier um, before we started recording, a magistrate in New South Wales Supreme Court. Yeah. Or yeah, the so, magistrate in... Uh, I'm not quite sure what level that he was on. So this is Grime Curran. That he's a magistrate in Sydney who was convicted last year by a New South Wales District Court jury of seven. Mm. Of seven counts of indecent assault, I was jailed for two years and four months. Only two years and four months. Can you believe that? With a minimum term of 16 months. And he actually launched an appeal claiming in the court documents that the Crown Prosecutor's closing address to the jury gave rise to a miscarriage of justice and the guilty verdicts were unreasonable and cannot be supported of having um, regard to evidence. So he was accused um, in 2018, I think, mm-hmm. of performing oral sex on teenagers and kissing them afterwards. This was back in the 80s. So this is like family, friends, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and this morning I looked up his news again. Can you believe it? Because when I first looked uh, into his cases, there were only news from last year. Mm-hmm. And I googled his name again. So apparently there's a new development in his case. And it just came out last week that the verdict of acquittal was entered in the charges. He remained up for, for other five charges. Uh, I, I won't mention those disgusting behaviours. But I'm so shocked that the offenders now is entitled to release President to a statutory um, parole order. Mm. So the court said in the sta- in the statement, Graham Caron was released from the correction centre um, near Bathurst last Thursday. Mm-hmm. So he was released last Thursday. Apparently, at the moment, he still remains as a ma- magistrate 
has been suspended from the bench since he was charged. So there's no further comment was made from you know the the bar about his position otherwise. But it's it's just I don't know. I'm just speechless. Mm-hmm. I'm like what shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay, so there's nothing yeah. else that we can. I, I feel so sorry for the like the victims. You know, you have to come out and talk about these kind of things, and then yeah. seeing your seeing the predator being released, yeah, possibly going back to his I don't know mansion <laughs> to enjoy the happily mansion, you know, with all his assets that hasn't been taken away, and his positions, his titles remains, and he just enjoying the rest of his life. He's just it feels really shit. I think often. The public figures we see the the men in powerful positions, I bet they have like an invisible row of women that they've mistreated behind them. I really mm-hmm. think that. I really think that. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder how much of their power was garnered through the mistreatment and assault mm-hmm. of vulnerable young people. And mm. I'm just thinking about two cases: my own personal one and a one and one that my friend told me. So my friend. A few years ago, told me that um, she was mm-hmm. in a relationship with what is uh, in a relationship with a guy who was a douche to her, and he's now like a well-known mm. judge. Obviously, she didn't tell oh. me who it was, and I appreciated that she didn't share that news with me, um, expose the identity of the judge because I don't think I would want to know. But yeah, she's like every like he's uh, uh, he's often in the media, and every time she sees him, she's like, "Oh, you're that cunt who like did bad things to me," <laughs> you know. And my own personal mm-hmm. case was mm-hmm. when I was um, working at a school, I won't obviously identify it, but there was uh, one guy, a colleague who was like much older than me who sexually harassed me. Like he, I was grateful, I was not grateful, mm-hmm. I was lucky that, and it's stupid that, it's ridiculous that I call myself lucky, but that is the case. A lot of women get her- assaulted in the workplace, but I was lucky that mm-hmm. I wasn't physically assaulted by this man. But he was harassing me by making like very lewd comments about my body and my sexual act behavior. And he, the mm. the the year I after I left, he became head of department. Oh, fuck! <laughs> oh my god! And I was like, what? That's wow! Yeah, just some. I'm pretty sure you're women. not the only one that's yeah, been approached know, by him. Yeah, I think um, as a woman we have become so like these incidences are just like literally cyclic they just keep going on and on and on and we're just like Mm -hmm. oh my god when is it gonna stop you know when i was looking up um articles for our podcast this morning i was just reviewing them i just felt so overwhelmed Mm. about reading all the stories of the woman that come out and talk about you know their incidents like I know some people will be questioning that why it took so long for the woman to speak up you know Mm. it it feels so victim blaming and part of me feel like um, I want to see more women coming out to talk about it but the other part of me is hoping that okay that's it that's enough women who are victims of this certain predator you know, hopefully he, he has no oh, more. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no more, yeah, so it feels really, like, complicated yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You know, and for those who are out there, like, you still have 
the mindset of saying that, oh, why didn't you speak up at the time? You know, like you didn't know that the mental status of the individuals when they're dealing things like、mm. this. You know, particularly in the industry that is so heavy、yeah. with the imbalanced power dynamics. You know, an extreme hierarchical profession.、Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sure that you know when the woman that had encountered this kind of incidents will probably froze at first. Like they they would not they、yeah. would never expected that yeah,、exactly. something like this will happen yeah, to them.、Yeah. Like I'm in a very prestigious industry. Like I didn't think that this will happen to me, but it just did. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's it's very fucked up in the ways in which, for a lot of women, they cannot feel safe in their own workplace. And、mm-hmm. I think these、mm-hmm. powerful men they give themselves power by diminishing other wi- other people's powers. Yeah. And they prey on the woman's most valuable and threatening asset. Which is according to society, her sexuality. Yeah, her sexuality. Yeah, that's how the colleague who harassed me. That's how he made me doubt my skills as a teacher and made me question how I behaved around him because、um, he mentioned stuff about me in the bedroom, and it's just、mm. so it was so inappropriate. Gosh, disgusting! It was so inappropriate,、mm. and this is like a Christian father of three. Yuck. Which is just reminds me when one of the one of the women who came out to accuse Dyson Hayden in the report, she said that when he tried to kiss her, she said to him, "You're married. You have kids." And then I was thinking, "Oh my god!" Like <laughs> yeah. often, often the men who are the worst are these guys who are seemingly、mm-hmm. on the out- outside,、mm-hmm. like normal. Yeah, they're the most dangerous yeah. Yeah. predators.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I've got something here that is said by、uh, Law Council of Australia, the President Pauline Wright. She said the findings of that、um, it is demonstrated that the broader cultural problem with the profession, you know, and there was a survey that was conducted back in 2013. Yeah, you know, sexual harassment is one of the key reasons that women seek for leaving the legal profession early. So the finding of the survey was indicated that one in six female respondent、uh, said that they had experienced some kind of inappropriate behavior、mm. in the workplace. So one in six. I read somewhere one in three. What makes me most angry is the fact that they strike us where they know we are most vulnerable, and they dig into our、so? most valuable asset. Which is our sex? Like they're threatened <laughs> by our sexuality. Like we're young, we're good looking, we're women, we're sexual, and they're like, "Oh, I've got to take away that power that she has because I'm、mm-hmm. old and I'm ugly."、Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about women that are, te- you know, very talented in the industry. So apparently, to become a judge's associate, you have to be the top of the class. Yeah, that's what I tried to be. So you have to be <laughs> extremely talented, smart, intelligent, and to them, to to the men, it feels like I have the、yeah. power. Yeah, that's yeah,、exactly. intimidating yeah. to them. Then I have the power to take that away from you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. So and and I think at the source of all these sexual predators is they're deeply, deeply insecure men.、Mm-hmm. That's why they do what they do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because they're very, very insecure.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> okay, it was、Aye. it was、um, intellectually stimulating to chat to you again、yeah. about this awful subject. It's also very exhausting. 
Like I feel like I have yeah. to talk talk about this every almost every week. You know, whenever that my daughter's asking me, "Mom, what are you going to do <laughs> in the podcast this week?" <laughs> I always have to tell her, "Oh, something really shit." You know, <laughs> like I'm not yeah. happy to talk about it, but I have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to talk about it too to expose. Yeah. Like I had an interview with a journalist today about my book, and she asked me, "Why do you think it's important to talk about sex sex addiction?" And I said, "Well, because it's such a taboo. Like sex is for women, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere, and yet nobody talks about it in a very compassionate way. And I like to shine the light on things that we have no public comfort in talking about." Because I feel like our world will be a better place, and people will feel less lonely if we start talking about these things that are, yes, you know, taboo. Yeah. yeah Don't you think? Yeah. You have to open it up and talk about it. You know, so yeah. People, like when taboo, like um, intertwined very closely with shame. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yep. So if you open it up and you try, we erase the shame, then people will talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay, so that's it for today. On that note, no more <laughs> shame. <laughs> okay, okay. It was lovely talking to listening. you. Yeah, yeah, you too. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, there's more on our Facebook page, Asian Bitches Down Under. You can always write us at asianbdownunder at gmail.com and make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Till next time. Be safe and eat well.